Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alice Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Fabrice Testa, who describes his new book, Super Entrepreneurship Decoded, where he lays out a foundation for entrepreneurs to turn their wildest dreams into a real sustainable tech business. A very interesting conversation. So let's jump right in. Okay, Fabrice Testa, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Alex. Uh, Thanks for welcoming me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, I'm anxious, excited to speak with you. You've done a lot of amazing things in your life. You're a, a, a super entrepreneur, so I'm excited to hear what that means and what that is. But uh, I'd love to start you know, in the beginning of your career journey, wherever you think it makes most sense for us to start. Like, Where did the, you know, the, the formation of who you are today start to take hold? Yes, sure. Uh, I'm happy, of course, to to share about it. You know, when I was a kid, I was uh, fascinated by space, science, uh, by all those people like uh, great inventors, scientists, adventurers, uh, for example, like Columbus. And what I already observed when I was a kid is that they were not satisfied by the statu quo. They wanted to discover something new. Uh, they wanted to shape the world uh, uh, that in which they were living. And at 10 years old, I didn't know exactly what I will do from my life, but I wanted, let's say, a bit to be like them and to be somehow a leader that can shape the future, etc. By that time, my passion you know, for space was very strong. It was in the early 90s, so I graduated as an aerospace engineer. And immediately after I started as an engineer, I managed very large projects for space, astronomy, industries. Um, And soon after, multimedia, uh, it was called multimedia. It was the early age of internet. It was booming. Uh, And so I launched my first startup. Uh, We were doing uh, some uh, internet sites, etc. But Mostly, I, I, I specialize in uh, interactive uh, touchscreen kiosk. It was the first touchscreen uh, by that time. Uh, now, of course, it's very common, but by, by that time, it was the first touchscreens. And so I did uh, this kind of interactive kiosk with, uh, with uh, interactive games for children's playgrounds like McDonald's restaurants. Uh, also, we did for uh, disabled people in hospitals or clinics. And then, uh, then uh, I sold this company and I had the opportunity in 2005 to, to join a small team of entrepreneurs, uh, launching a, a new business around the digitalization of the world cinema industry. And what maybe a listener have to, uh, to understand is that by that time, uh, the only media still in analog format was cinema. And cinema was using a lot, uh, really tons of toxic 35mm print reels. 
And the, the, the crazy idea that we had was to replace all these uh, analog prints uh, with uh, digital copies, actually. And that way we would contribute to the environment. And I have to say that it was uh, a long journey. It took 10 years, but finally we became a group of 200 people. We, we achieved 100 million uh, euro turnover. We had offices all over Europe. We digitalized thousands of screens. Uh, we, we became one of the major players in the world and, and the major one in Europe. Uh, that company was sold. And uh, yeah, I started a, a new one uh, in Luxembourg, a satellite service uh, company uh, and um, that uh, did pretty well. And in 2015, it was also sold. And by that time, I had no new entrepreneurial projects. So uh, I decided uh, to, to wait, uh, either to have myself a big ID or to meet someone with a big ID. So I did some investments as a business angel. I started also some uh, coaching, mentoring activities for startup founders, trying to help them based on my experience. Uh, in 2017, I met a young Dutch entrepreneur uh, and he had a crazy idea. Uh, maybe we will have the opportunity to talk about to manufacture solar panels uh, on the moon and 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 in, the, and in the short term, to use the same technologies to build solar panels uh, just from sand. Um, so with other guys, we created the company called Mana Electric uh, in 2018. Now we are 40 people. Uh, yeah, and we are materializing these crazy ideas. So uh, today, my, my time is spent between this company uh, my activities to follow up, let's say, my, uh, my portfolio of companies, uh, my coaching, mentoring activities. And I found some time to write a book, uh, Super Entrepreneurship Decoded, and probably we will have the opportunity to talk about. So that's a bit my, my journey so far. Amazing, Fabrice. It's so interesting to hear. And I'm curious, each one of those businesses that you described seem really like starkly different. Like I don't see a lot of similarities between them. So what do you think is like the connecting theme from through your career for all these? Are you just trying to solve as big a problem as you possibly can or change the world or make the world a better place? What do you think is the, is the driving force there? That that's a great question because <laughs> I've I ask this question myself most of the time. Yeah, it's yeah it's true that it has been very different. I started with space, you know, it was optical optomechanics, etc. Then I switched to uh, digital uh, digitalization and touch touch screen environment, etc. Then it was uh, yes, uh, it was um, the digitalization of cinema. Uh, dense uh, satellite uh, and now energy and space. Well, I think space uh, was almost uh, always there for sure. So this probably is a kind of uh, red line, probably. Um, otherwise, I would say I've always been passionate about technologies and I'm about trying to uh, to solve some problems or at least to contribute to solving some problems. So. Yeah, the first company, you know, uh, by the way, this company, now I'm a board uh, director of this company. So I, I come back to the first company, but as a board director. And this, this company, you know, is, uh, is really doing amazing things to try to, 
to have a better observation of the planet. So, uh, and yeah, I think all the, the these uh, instruments that they built and that are launched in space, or the, the big uh, um, telescope that are installed on Earth, uh, they help really to to better, let's say, uh, understand our environment. So probably this this was already there. Uh, the company with with the interactive kits, yes, it was uh, games, etc. But as I said, we were using also for disabled kits, so we were trying to, yeah, to provide thanks to technology some um, uh, something good, some fun to uh, some people that you know either were sick or disabled. Uh, the digitalization of cinema, I explained, it was to to try to solve uh, the big problem of toxic reels. Um, the the other satellite company again it was a bit the continuation to 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 transmit you know content through satellite to avoid uh, again uh, all the the physical transport and uh, and now with Mana Electric yes it's also to contribute to climate change uh, with this uh, technology and in the future also on the moon we can reduce also somehow the cost of transport. To if we need to transport solar panels on the moon, uh, the day that we will build some uh, moon base, etc. So I think probably that yes, the the connection between all is was always to try to contribute to something for somehow uh, the planet, and it's it's really today my mission because my mission today is really to try to help entrepreneurs to become uh, super entrepreneurs at solving big problems by materializing crazy ideas uh, because I want to to leave a, a better planet, you know. I, I'm the father of four kids and uh, I think it would be selfish if uh, <clears throat> when I pass away, you know, the planet is worse than when I was alive. So <clears throat> what I would like is really to, to leave a planet which is much better and that hopefully... Uh, as I always say, to build the world that we love, yes. Right, and I love this idea um, that crazy ideas, they're the ones that lead to radical solutions. So you encourage those wild, outlandish ideas that sound preposterous today, putting solar panels on the moon, for instance, but then you know, in the future, like that could be uh, drastically transform you know, our civilization. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, th this notion of crazy idea, you know, uh, I didn't invent, uh, let's say, this notion is something that came also from all this movement around Singularity University, uh, Peter Diamandis, that I consider a bit as a mentor. Uh, also, there is uh, the Open Exo movement, uh, where I'm an ambassador. So there is a movement about exponential technologies, about uh, crazy ideas. And what are crazy ideas? Crazy ideas are radical ideas. So something that was never done before. And there are three characteristics of uh, a crazy idea is that it is going to impact uh, probably a lot of people. So generally, it's potentially can impact 1 billion people minimum, you know. It's using uh, one or several exponential technologies, so like uh, artificial intelligence, uh, computing, genomics, uh, um, uh, quantum computing, etc., such kind of things. Uh, and yeah, the the, la the the last component is that it's radical. It was never done before. So if these 
there are these three components we can we can call it a crazy id why because initially when you say this id the first reaction of people will say to say look it's impossible it's crazy uh are you going to to do it uh, it will never work etc so so generally these super entrepreneurs that come with this kind of id they face a lot of naysayers they also face setbacks and but they continue because they are highly motivated by the impact that this will create because the, these kind of ideas have the potential to really solve big problems. The issue is that most of the problems that we face today, uh, we have tried a lot of solutions. And unfortunately, most of the time, we, it, it was not uh, enough. And thanks to the progress of technologies, today we have the ability to materialize this, uh, this kind of ideas. And it's what I explain in the book. And I give a lot of examples of people that you may think that it's crazy, but actually, yes, they, they are just doing it. And exactly with Mana Electric, the idea, yes, when when uh, Yoz, the founder uh, I met the first time, he said, look, I'm going to manufacture solar panels on the moon by using the lunar regolith, which, which is the lunar sun. My first reaction was, oh, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> with this guy etc then he explained etc and then he said yeah look uh, this will take some time i'm going to use the same technologies to build from sand uh, solar panels in uh, desertic land areas you know for big solar farms and again when someone when we say today this idea most people say but that's crazy etc you we, we put a, we did a small video that we put on youtube and we had reaction of people saying, oh, that's uh, uh, genius, uh, that's fantastic. But we had also some reaction of people saying, ah, it's, uh, it's fake, uh, this will never work, etc. The reality is that today we are able from sand to produce every day. Every day we are able to produce several kilos of silicon just from sand. So it works, you know. But yes, the first reaction is to say, yeah, it will never work, it's crazy, etc. That's that's so interesting, Fabrice. And yeah, I mean, it's in, it's inspiring to hear you describe this uh, methodology for for radical thinking. Yes. So uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about the book. I mean, it's obviously it's impacted by all of your life experiences. Um, but yeah, tell us just you know kind of high level, thirty thousand feet, what the what the book uh, lays out and and you know some of the ideas in it. Yeah. So so the the book is uh, super entrepreneurship decoded. And uh, I've so I mentor a lot of people, you know, probably one more than one hundred, uh, let's say, uh, startup founders that I have mentored so far. And what I have observed is that most of them, yes, they have big ideas, okay, and they are dreamers, and and we need to dream, so for sure. But either they don't prepare themselves enough, or some do a lot of preparation, but they never act. And for me, what I have observed is that these super entrepreneurs, these super achievers, they are dreamers, but they are also very good planners and they're very good builders. So they can really plan where they want to go. And then they are able also to build and materialize, let's say, their dream. And so I wanted to try to decode, okay, how they do this? What is their secrets? And in the book, I unveil what I think are the five secrets around this. And, it, and 
I have grouped these secrets around a method that I call the crazy method, which gives a very simple, let's say, framework to uh, come from a big idea to the materialization. And the beauty, I think, of this model is that it can be applied in every walk of life. So not only to build a breakthrough venture, but also to materialize any kind of dream. And I had a discussion with several people that read the book, and they told me, yes, after that, I was thinking about some project that I had, and I was applying your method, and yes, it works, you know? So I'm happy about that because it's very simple, but I think the application of it is not simple. And I provide some worksheets into the book to help uh, the readers to try to put, uh, let's say, uh, to answer many questions, etc., around uh, these secrets, etc. Right, and so I mean, it's it's really interesting. And so, talk about your the idea for writing this book. Was it you wanted? Is was writing the book a radical idea? Do you think this can you know change the lives of, of billions of people, or is it uh, is it something else? The idea of writing this book is, as I explained, is that I, I, I'm, I face uh, and I face a lot of people, you know, that were saying to me, look, I have a big idea, but I don't know exactly where to start. Or I have started and I cannot succeed. I see some people that they succeed, but me, I cannot succeed, etc. So... I try with the book to give some keys to help them, let's say, to succeed. So, of course, the book and the method is not a guarantee of success, for sure. It cannot be. But I think it can maximize the chances of success or minimize, let's say, the mistakes. So, yes, probably uh, it will give some inspiration and it will give some keys that probably will maximize the chances of success. And my mission, as I say, is to try to have more these kind of entrepreneurs, doers, builders that try to tackle some big problems. I think it's nice, you know, to try to have the, the next big app, etc. You know that, uh, and yeah, I've, I talked uh, last day with someone, he has a nice app, for example, to, uh, to try to help brands, etc. I think that's great, you know, but sometimes the time that you spend or the energy that you spend as an entrepreneur to build this kind of venture probably will be almost the same that if you try to tackle a big problem. So my book is also a call to try to have more people that are interested by changing the statu quo, more people that are innovators to try to say, look, I I want to tackle some big problems. And some people are afraid about it because they know that it will take some time, a lot of resources. So maybe I don't say that they try to find what is easy, but uh, yes, I think we we need more bold people, more courageous people that try to say, okay, I'm going to dedicate maybe 10 years of my life to try to solve a big problem because it will be uh, it will help to build a better future for the future generations. And this is these people, it's why I call them super entrepreneurs because, uh, you know, they, 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 they try to go out of their comfort zone to try to go really in something which is going to be tough. But if they succeed, they will have not only a joy during the journey, 
but also probably if they succeed, they will make a breakthrough business, you know. And I give some example of people that now have built business that are worth billions, you know. Now, it doesn't happen to everyone, but at least it was to try. Right. Well, that's so interesting. And I, people can get the book on, on Amazon and, and everywhere else? Yes, the book is available on Amazon and uh, other platforms like Barnes and & Nobles uh, and, and, and similar. The book is available in ebook, uh, paperwork, uh, paperback, uh, yeah, paperback and hardcover. Um, yes, so. Amazing. All right, Fabrice, I'll get you out of here on this last question. Uh, a piece of advice, you know, for someone young, early in their career, trying to find their place in the world. Should I devote 10 years of my life to doing some, some crazy business? Should I go work for a big company, a startup? Like, there's no right answers to any of those things, but do you have some kind of, you know, something that, that's been helpful to you that, that, that you can, you know, impart to younger people? Yeah, of course, as I just described, uh, uh, I think that uh, it would be nice if uh, many uh, young uh, people, uh, they try to embrace, let's say, entrepreneurship and maybe to uh, dedicate a big part of their life to try to solve some big problems. But the piece of advice that I would say is that, and it's something that it's uh, maybe not directly related to this, is that try to, if you, for anything in life and particularly for entrepreneurship, try to validate, you know, your assumptions. I see too many times, you know, people that say, I'm going to do this, uh, or yes, uh, after selling there, I will sell in this market, okay. But why do you say that, you know? What are the assumptions behind, etc.? And most of the time, when you try to, ex to go up, uh, to dive deep into that, you see that they are not really assumptions. They, they, they try to work just with their gut feeling. I think entrepreneurs, it's, uh, uh, they need uh, a good balance between, of course, gut feeling, but also trying to have uh, to try to validate assumptions, etc. And I see with these also super entrepreneurs, they are very maniac also about you know uh, getting a lot of data, trying to validate assumptions, etc. They stay agile, of course. They are not paralyzed, you know, by uh, doing too much analysis, etc. But they try to have a kind of uh, uh, let's say, analytical also approach. And I think this is important, in my opinion. I agree. That's that's very interesting to hear. And Fabrice, this whole conversation was was inspiring and interesting. I really want to thank you for coming on here and, and talking to me. Thanks, Alex. Uh, great questions. Uh, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I hope that uh, yeah people will, will enjoy the podcast, uh, will uh, hopefully buy the book and uh, will enjoy the reading. And uh, I'm, of, of course, uh, reachable on all uh, social uh, media. So I have also a website, uh, uh, fabristesta.com. So if people want to reach out, uh, I will be happy. Great. Okay. Thanks again, Fabrice. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for listening today. Let me know what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about this podcast. Thanks.